This is the Handmade Brooklyn Podcast, Episode 8. Handmade Brooklyn Business Lifestyles Tips to Succeed HandmadeBrooklyn.com Welcome to Handmade Brooklyn. My name is Megan Frame Finkelstein, and I'm here to help you succeed in your product-based business. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm so glad you're here. This is awesome. Uh, today, I wanted to do something a little bit different today. I wanted to do a Q&A from uh, different people that have asked questions through my social media and my email list. Uh, first off, I want to apologize for my voice. I think you can tell it's a little bit out of whack today, uh, just coming into a cold. So thank my husband for that. But you know, <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, it's that time of year to get sick, right? So before we get into that, I wanted to thank Shopify today because they are awesome. I moved my site over to Shopify in August and it has just been so easy and it is definitely worth checking out, especially for holiday season. You know how crazy it gets. So one less thing to think about is your IT or your e-commerce checkout and Shopify just does it all for you with one quick low price. They're actually offering everybody 14 day free trial. No credit card needed. Just sign up, check it out, see if it's for you. Head over to handmadebrooklyn.com slash Shopify. It'll take you right to the website. Okay. So like I said, uh, today is going to be a bit of a Q&A session from, uh, it's, let's see, one, two, three, four, about 10, yeah, 10 questions <laughs> that I picked up from uh, my social media and also my email list. And if you want to ask me questions later on for a future episode, head over to the show notes for this and leave a comment. It'll be handmadebrooklyn.com slash episode 008. So first off, um, there's a question from my Twitter. It says, you do a lot of things. Where does your ambition come from? And do you think it's ever too much? Uh, which that's a <laughs> really good question. Uh, for those who don't know, I run a product-based business, a skincare and candles and home fragrances, msc.skincare.com. And in addition to that, I host this podcast and blog for Handmade Brooklyn. And then I also do a beauty blog from the perspective of an industry insider, and that's beautycleanhq.com. I also help my husband with his blog, uh, vegetablesuck.com. But yeah, I, I do a lot of things and I attribute that mostly to coffee, I guess. But uh, where does my ambition come from? Um, I don't know if I have excessive amount of ambition as opposed to other people or drive. I guess I have a lot of drive. Um, so my background, I guess the abridged version is I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, my mom, she wasn't a single mom. She was, we left my dad, my biological father when I was seven and I had a rocky relationship with him afterwards. Uh, we didn't actually speak after I was 15. We did once in a while, but I, uh, the official cut off when we both kind of realized that it wasn't a good plan for us to talk to each other was probably in my early 20s. So I had a lot of things to prove, I guess. Um, 
you know, I don't want to get into it, but a rocky relationship is the best I can say about me and my biological father. And I guess that kind of left a chip on my shoulder where I wanted uh, to be recognized and to feel like people were proud of me. Uh, my mom is amazing. She was a single mom for, I guess, almost 10 years, maybe a little under 10 years until she met my stepfather, who, uh, Pat's amazing. He's been the best father to me and he's been nothing but supportive and my mom and you know my mom's side of the family has been nothing but awesome they were always really uh amazed by me I guess and the things that I wanted to do you know I think I talked about before and my about section on Handmade Brooklyn is that I built my own playhouse when I was seven I was just sick of waiting for people to do it. So I found a screwdriver and I figured it out myself and it, uh, you know, it's been that way ever since I've always kind of been independent and on my own. Um, after I graduated from high school, I went to the university of Pittsburgh where I started as a double major of God. Well, actually, no, let me start back. Uh, I graduated from high school and then I went to community college for a few years while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I originally went for creative writing and had an intro to psychology class that I just fell in love with and I wanted to do psychology so I switched my major but um, I had a boyfriend at the time that you know my first serious boyfriend and we moved in together when I was 18 19 years old and probably wasn't the best decision. Um, took a lot of my drive away. I actually dropped out of college and I took a year and a half off, but, uh, I ended up breaking up with him and moving back home and kind of got my life back together. I finished my courses at community college, transferred to the university of Pittsburgh, where I started with a double major of Russian history and psychology. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, that seems really bananas now that I think about it. Um, but I switched, uh, or I guess I transitioned into a blended degree of social sciences, which was a focus on psychology, sociology, and history. Uh, but the year and a half that I took off really set me behind with my friend group. They were all graduating when I was a junior. So I had to really hustle and there was one semester, uh, I graduated in the summer of 2007 and the spring of 2007, I took in one semester, I took 27 and a half credits, which was 10 classes. Now university of Pittsburgh wouldn't let you take that many classes. So I did online classes at community college that would transfer to Pitt. And then I took the full load of courses that I could take at Pitt. And that ended up being 10 classes. Um, needless to say, my social life wasn't really a priority then and <laughs> wasn't really anything then. But yeah, uh, so I graduated in uh, summer of 2007 with a bachelor's degree. And I actually don't physically have that degree anymore. I lost it in a move. Uh, my boyfriend, who is now my husband, Stephen, at the time, uh, we decided to leave Pittsburgh and we went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina 
for a year, which was not for us. Um, it just, yeah, it, I'm just, Myrtle Beach is beautiful, but it just was not for us. Uh, so we had to get out of there as soon as we could. And we ended up moving to Brooklyn where we, uh, Steve got a job as security. He is now a fire safety director. In addition to being a writer, stevenfinkelstein.com and vegetablesuck.com. If you feel like checking him out, he's awesome. I might be a little biased, but I think he's fantastic. And I got a job as a project manager for a firm, a design firm that built websites, both e-commerce and non-e-commerce. I started out there as a QA analyst, which basically you do website testing and things like that. And I moved up pretty quickly to become a producer, which essentially is a project manager. And I was in charge of uh, non-e-commerce websites. So I would be the one that was handling projects for Henry Bendel, um, Verdura, a lot of luxury brands that wanted to do not e-commerce based campaigns, but more informative websites or promotional contests and things like that. And the whole time I was doing that, I was also doing my business on the side, which at then was Metropolis Soap Company. Um, I would go out on weekends to shows just to promote the brand, try and make some extra money, and always with the goal to get it as my full-time job. Uh, it was really hard, and it took a lot of time. I ended up leaving that job and doing what I do now full-time. And, you know, it's had its ups and downs, but I think that my drive for all of that comes from my background of just wanting the recognition and wanting the attention and wanting to do it myself, not waiting for anybody else to take care of me or to get, you know, to do anything for me. It was, I've always been kind of independent and, you know, there's been some hiccups here and there, but I've had a very screw it, I'll do it kind of mentality since I was young. So I hope that answers the question. I guess that was kind of rambling. Uh, the second question is, Megan, what is your biggest failure? Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, well, what would my biggest failure be? I think that I don't have a specific one that comes to mind. I've, as you know, I have failed a lot and totally fine with talking about my failures, especially if I think it's going to help other people. I think that a thing that I fail at is taking things too personally in business. And it's not particularly, you know, if somebody doesn't like the way something smells or if someone doesn't like my branding, uh, that's, that part doesn't really bother me. I, what bothers me and what shouldn't bother me is the way that I get treated by others who, you know, thing that I really enjoy doing is sharing what I know and I enjoy being around people that also do that and there are some people that you know will take and not give and will be kind of rude about it and kind of jerks about it and I take that personally which I really shouldn't I know that it's not about me it's about them so I think that's something that I'm not happy that I do in my life and that I wish I would do less of so uh, my biggest failure would be 
taking things personally when it's not about me, it's about them. So the next question from Twitter is, how did you decide when to go full time? Um, that's a really good question and it's a really hard question to answer because I always had it in the back of my mind that I didn't want to be someone's employee. I'm not very good at being an employee. I'm uh, probably pretty much a jerk when it comes to being someone's employee. I have a lot of opinions and I ha will ask a lot of questions, which I think that some employers like, but I think most employers will probably want someone to toe the line and I have difficulty doing that. Not for any jerkish reasons, but mostly for my curiosity. I, you know, I'll ask a lot of questions because I want to know how things work and learn about the back end of things and the functions of things. So, um, it's always been in my mind that I need to work for myself because I'm not good at working for other people, especially when it comes to like office politics and things. I really never had time for that. I really never liked that. And so I never really got along well in office environments where there were catty people or bossy people or people with their own ambitions. You know, I just kind of wanted to get the work done. And that usually ended up being a hindrance actually. So I decided when I started Metropolis Soap, which is now MSC Skincare, uh, that I really just wanted to do my own thing. And that was where I was going to flourish. So when it came to financial, how was I going to do full time? Uh, I had to figure out a budget and I had to figure out all of the costs that I would have with the business, including my own costs, you know, my own student loans and credit card payments and rent in addition to supplies, materials, show fees, advertising, things like that, put it all together, divide it out by 12, you know, how much do I have to make every month? And once I was able to get close to that, I didn't hit it right away. Um, but once I was able to get pretty close to that, I had the support of my husband to go full time. And, you know, for the record, I would have never been able to do it without him he supported us for a very long time while I was getting my business off the ground while I was full time. And, you know, it, it just wouldn't have happened as quickly if I didn't have his support. So that was basically how it worked. Um, you know, I talked to my husband, we decided that it was good for me to go full time. I figured out the budget and I started to work towards hitting that monthly goal. And, you know, it became more of a necessity than a goal when it was the only income I had. But that's how I decided uh, when it was right to go full time, when I was close enough to the monthly goal I had that, you know, it wasn't too much of a stretch to make it there. Another question. Um, Megan, do you ever worry about rebranding problems? And that's a really good question. Uh, for some of you who know my brand know that pretty much every year it goes through a rebrand phase. And I've never been worried about that. It's always sort of been a transition into selling something that was more aligned with my needs and my likes, which made it easier to sell. Um, I haven't ever really worried about losing my fan base too much. 
I've had, a, you know, some people have dropped off, but I don't think it's been a huge deal. I've had a lot of customers that like the product and, you know, I had someone say once that they'd buy it if it was in a paper bag. So that was always sort of really <laughs> a really comfort comforting thing to hear. And I guess sometimes it's been in the back of my mind, like, oh God, what will my customers think about this? But my customers are like me and that's sort of the community I've cultivated. There are people that like the scent. There are people that like the um, you know, the actual ingredients behind the product. And it's never been, well, I guess maybe it has been a complete 180 for a few of the rebrands, but it's never been anything that um, I've worried about too much. I think that the more that I've transitioned it into a brand strategy that I like, the more I've been able to sell it and the more I've been able to cultivate my community. So it's never been too much of a big deal. I've never had any complaints about it that were really harsh or really angry. Now the next question, what values do you think are important to success in business? So I think that when it comes to values in business, um, it's really important to remember what your passion is. And I know that sounds sort of cliche and trite, but there are going to be some really rough nights when you're running your own business and really hard times. So you really have to make sure that you're keeping your passion in focus when it comes to your business. Um, it's, it's the thing that will drive you and it's what's going to make you succeed. So yeah, everybody wants money and everybody wants comfort, but what are you really trying to accomplish with your business? I remember that I was in this class for entrepreneurs and we all had to go around and say, you know, well, what are you really in for your business? Like, what are you really doing to make a difference in your business? And people would say things like, oh, I want to help people in my community and I want to inspire other people or, um, uh, you know, I want to employ others. I want to become a job creator. I want to do this. I want to do kind of altruistic things. And one woman <laughs> answered, I just want to make money. That's all I want. And she was sort of confused by everyone else who would say they had a different goal, which I mean, that's totally fine. And it is what it is, right? Um, some people just are in it for the money, but she didn't actually last in the entrepreneurship class. I don't know whatever happened to her. I hope she's still in business because she seemed to have a lot of drive, but you got to have another goal because the money doesn't come when it's the only focus. The money comes when it, it's sort of like dating where you only find the real person for you when you're not looking. Do you know what I mean? And I think the money comes with that too. You, it comes when you're focused on your passion and you're focused on helping uh, or adding value somewhere in the world. So the next question is, Megan, what's your routine? Um, <laughs> that's a really good question because I don't have a routine. I'm trying really hard to start one. Um, I wake up around 7, 
every morning, feed the cats breakfast. Um, one of them, Jeter has, uh, some gastrointestinal issues. So he has to get wet food with his pills every morning and he will yell at me until I get up. So he's my alarm clock. Feed the cats. Uh, I've been re- trying really hard not to check my email in the morning. Um, just sort of have some me time. I will end up at the studio around nine or 10 in the morning. It takes me an hour from my apartment to get up to the studio. And that's when I'll check my email. I will work on production for the day or you know do whatever I have to do. And I end up home around 7.30, sometimes eight o'clock. And I will eat dinner, hang out with my husband. And I've been trying to do foam roller uh, at least every other day. I have some shoulder pains and I bought a foam roller and I really, oh my God, you guys, it is so helpful. I really love it. I have no shoulder pain right now. And that makes me so happy, especially because I've had this shoulder pain for a year and I've gone to, uh, I've gone to get x-rays and checkups and all of these things and nothing's been wrong. And I've been like, oh my God, this is psychosomatic. This is some sort of stress thing. So I've tried to reduce my stress, but I live in New York and I run a business so that doesn't really work. And the foam roller, oh, after one session, it felt so much better. And so that's been my latest thing. I also try and stick to doing this five minute journal. And I think it's just five minute journal.com, but I'll link to it in the show notes. It's really cool. It's this, uh, just, I'm not a big journaler. I've never been So all you have to do is just write down a few things that happened today, what you're proud of, and, you know, like a personal statement. And it just helps you kind of center yourself and be thankful for what's happened during the day. I really recommend it if you guys want, uh, definitely pick it up just for, you know, some of us get so stuck in the trenches throughout the day that we don't really take a step back and realize the awesome things that have happened and what we should be grateful for. And it's really helpful for doing something like that. Next question. What changes or goals do you have? Uh, For me personally, um, the goals that I have are I want to keep with the current way of eating I have, which is ketogenic. Um, It makes not only for weight loss, but it just makes me feel really better. I've had um, a lot of inflammation issues and having a ketogenic lifestyle has really helped that. So I've been really excited about that. For uh, my life, I want to practice more gratitude. Um, I am definitely guilty of going day to day with thinking about all of the things that are stressing me out and not thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. And it's just wasted energy, you know? So I really want to practice more gratitude, especially with all of the things that have happened to me. Um, you know, all of the awards that I've won or the press that I've had, my name's been in the New York times and I never really take a step back and think, Oh my God, that is really freaking cool. All I think about is in the day to the day trenches and the things that have to get done. And so that's really something I want to focus on now for my business, MSC skincare. I want to work on automating it more next year, uh, especially when it comes to production and shipping. Those are the things that 
really take up most of my time. And if I could find a way to get those automated, then I could spend more time offering more value to you guys and to my customers. And that's really what I want to do. I really want to focus next year on adding more value, building up Handmade Brooklyn and Beauty Queen HQ, and just, you know, helping out more where I can instead of just making candles all day. Do you know what I mean? So that's the goals that I have. Uh, Oh my God, I love this question. How do you deal with jealousy? I, (laughs) so I don't know if you mean jealousy for like, if I'm jealous or how do I handle people that are jealous of me? Um, The second part first, I don't really think I know anybody that's jealous of me. If they are, they haven't been nasty to me outright. So, um, or I'm just oblivious to it. So that would be the second part. If I, how do I handle people that are jealous of me? I don't even notice it. I'm just focused on my own thing. Now, how do I handle jealousy in my own life? I have been jealous of people. Um, there was, I think I told her this already, but if not, then maybe she'll, maybe I'll tell her over wine. Um, there's a woman named Rachel Winard. She runs a company called Soapwalla and she started about the same time as me, but she has had enormous success. And I, and I know this sounds very Miss America-y or something, but I really wish her all the best because she's an amazing person and she deserves all of her success. However, when I first met her and became Facebook friends with her, (laughs) she would post things about that were happening in her life that were really awesome. And I just had to take a step back and I had to unfollow her on Facebook because I couldn't handle it. I was so, I was just so envious of all of her success. But, you know, knowing, and the reason I point out that is because she has been the one that has helped me get through this kind of jealousy and because I know her and I know her so well now that I know the struggles that she's had and I know that it's not overnight success. And especially with myself, I've learned that with success in business comes really hard struggles and you don't always see the hard struggles. So whenever I get um, jealous of somebody, I take a step back and I think, this is only one thing that I'm seeing in their business. And there could be 64 other things in the background that are really hurting them or really driving them crazy. So they deserve that one success and I should be happy for them. And I know this sounds trite, but I really am happy for people that are succeeding because I know that with that comes other things in the background that I couldn't even imagine. So the next question is, are you ever worried what others will think? Um, no, I'm not worried about what other people think except for my husband because he's the one that is directly involved. Um, I don't care what other people think about me. And I think that that really just comes from age. Uh, I'm 32 now and not that that's old, but I remember being a lot more self-conscious in my twenties 
And when people would ask what I would do, I would just kind of mumble that I make soup. And now I don't care. It's I'm making a living and there I've had a discussion with somebody about she was concerned about closing her business because and uh, I'm sure you guys have felt this too. Maybe uh, I have where you think, oh my God, other people are going to say something or other people will know. And when I say other people, I mean like other people in our industry, you know, the competition will think like, oh, she closed her business. Obviously she couldn't handle this. And I think that that is such a waste of energy too, because yeah, I've thought of that. I've thought of when I've discontinued a line or rebranded that people will be sort of snarky about it. But you know what? They're not the ones paying my bills. They're not my landlord. They aren't they have no impact in my life. It it's like dealing with people in high school and yeah, at the time it those people matter, but in the grand scheme of things, they really don't matter. So, no, I don't worry what other people think about me or my business or what I do with my business. They have no direct relationship with my life. So let them think what they want to think. I don't care. Now, the last question, I guess we've done a lot about my life and my background. And this question is, you've talked about how you don't do trade shows anymore. And do you think that they are valuable for new businesses because I've been looking into them and I'm a little worried about if it's worth the cost. So yes, I do think trade shows can be worth it if you are good at sales. I am not. I That is something that I have accepted. I have tried very hard to be good at sales and I can't do it. And so I have taken the you know, mindset of I should focus on what I'm good at and source things out to others that have strengths where I am weak. So I think that trade shows can be very valuable. You'll meet a lot of really good contacts. Your first couple trade shows might not go so well. So it will be a really, it'll be a really tough investment, but it is an investment if you can reap the benefits of it. And if you are good at sales, if you're not good at sales and you don't think that you will have somebody around you that is good at sales or you can't bring, you know, a friend that has a sales background or you don't have sales reps or something like that. No, I don't recommend trade shows. Uh, there are other ways to cultivate fan bases and uh, store interest. If you look at, you know, smaller, not even smaller, but just culty kind of brands that... Um, good example, and I apologize if they don't want me to say this. I don't think that they would, but there's a company called Herbivore Botanicals who... I have met, they are the nicest and most darling people. I, I love them. I'm obsessed with them. And I met them at their first trade show ever, which was last year. They are, they're in Sephora. I mean, and they hand make everything. It's just bananas. They are, there are so many ways to become successful that don't involve the traditional trade show route. I don't think that they've done a trade show since that first trade show that they've done. And that was, they've been in business 
I think maybe four or five years and they've only done one trade show. So no, I don't think that they're necessary. If you are uncomfortable spending that kind of money, don't do it. There are tons of other ways to market your brand. So I would explore those avenues first if you're worried about it. They do, trade shows do have value in networking, um, meeting other brands, meeting other clients, uh, custom work. I had a lot of people ask me for custom work at trade shows and just kind of getting to learn the ropes about business. But if you don't want to do them, you don't have to do them. There are many other ways to succeed in business now. So that's it. This was a really long episode for me. I'm really, I hope that you liked it. And if you have any other questions, like I said, leave a comment in the show notes. It'll be handmadebrooklyn.com slash episode 008. Totally happy to help you guys in any way that I can. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Handmade.